Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season 2. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all-arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space, to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing? A, B, C, D. <laughs> is that funny? So each week, I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We learn together. We grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall, and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am Busy Mumsy. Happy Wednesday, friends. Ash here. Hope you're doing great. I am really, really excited about today's guest as she hails from one of my absolute favorite countries, India. Shimoy Shakarpatori is a chef, broadcaster, and producer, and you can actually watch her first TV show. It's called India Bites. It's on Roku, Amazon Freebie, Apple TV, and Tastemade. Well, Shrim started her career in film and TV with the Walt Disney Company. She then went on to be a TV presenter for Star Television Network. In the last four years, she has launched her own chain of restaurants in London called Calcutta Street, which she raised north of a million pounds from VC and private investors. Currently, Shrim is working on producing new TV series, all based around modern India and food. How is she doing it all as she's got a beautiful baby girl who's, I want to say she's like two and a half now. I know that that Adia is a bit older than her, so, but they're in like the same ballpark, you know, the same ballpark of cuteness for sure. Well, I am super excited to welcome Shrim onto this week's Busy Mumsy podcast. So let's go. My dear friends, welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast today. I, I, I want you to actually hear me struggle through the pronunciation of Shimri's last name. So Shim, she goes by Shrim, so we're, we're going to continue calling her this, but <laughs> Shimri Chakrapatori. Nope. Chakraborty. See, you say it so much better. Well, welcome, Shrim, to the Busy Mumsy podcast. Thank you. <laughs> you see, the beautiful thing about podcasting is if you don't keep it real, then it just falls flat, right? So I'm here to keep it real. I'm so thrilled to have you on this lovely journey with me. As I've been following yours on Instagram for a minute and two, I love I I love all things India. And of course, of course who doesn't? And when I, mean, I, came I know, you've got an Indian media, husband, I mean, makes it easier. Right. Yeah, you know. Um, but when I came across your, your socials, I was like, oh my gosh, she is just, you're a joy. You just like ooze like happiness. She's got a huge smile on her face right now, ear to ear. So this is just the wonderful world of podcasting where you get to connect even deeper beyond the social media squares, if you will. So thank you so much for your time. Welcome. Welcome. And thank you so much for having me. I mean, when you, uh, you know, message me out, I've been following your podcast and, you know, all your stories since pregnancy, because I know you pre-pregnancy, of course, uh, as you do, me. Uh, and um, I was like, 
oh my god she's got a mixed race baby and you know when you have a mixed race baby you're always like looking for those other mixed race babies and you had your baby before me so i was like oh look at her journey she's working and you were honestly you were so inspirational because you know i had a baby uh during lockdown and i was like i wanted to work i wanted to have a baby i wanted to do it all and i was you know you're constantly looking for people or examples of uh people who are doing it all and having fun while doing it all right and you fun. and Adia look like you're having fun time. yeah you have you have to have fun during it right i mean it it is absolutely overwhelming and bananas and there is no book that really truly cracks the code of parenting but as long as you somehow splash in daily a little bit of fun it it gets you through it absolutely absolutely i mean just before we started our podcast uh my daughter decided to put chili powder inside her eyes i mean what a wonderful <laughs> yes happy days to you oh i yeah. hope she's i'm sure she's going to be okay we we've no, had a she's few fine. she was fine in about 10 minutes uh but there was a lot of crying and i was like great i'm just getting ready uh taking a shower and i hear her scream you know come out and you know that's that's daily life and you've just got to laugh and like so be it <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I I will share with you that a few days ago, um this was so not good and very dangerous. Um and it only lasted a second, which in a second it could have gone very poorly. But Adia loves artwork and playing with the paints and the colors and all of that stuff and she got a hold of scissors, not children's scissors, but adult scissors. And I'm telling you what she she grabbed hold of them and she turned and she took two steps and I was able to swipe them out of her hand. She's had the biggest smile on her face as if like, "Mom, we're going to like create something for Santa Claus today because we still talk about Santa Claus and oh, same you know, in it's our house. Nice. So, yeah. you know, um that is what we do, but all, as if everything was fine and then you of course go, "Oh my gosh, like this is the end this is the end just like chili powder scissors and chili powder this is where we are shrimp this is where yeah. we are this is where we are and santa claus i mean it's literally what is it june no we're in april yeah. may may first may and we're still uh, singing jingle bells every day every morning yeah. to school she wants me to play jingle bell in the car and uh, everything is santa claus like it's I... it's, it's going to be all your long christmas I, I I love it and I accept it. Well, I want to rewind back. We're going to go back past a lot of Christmases, a lot of Christmases before your little one was even born. I want to go back to your relationship with your mom and finding the love of cooking because this is like your roots, right? And I just I want to get like kind of here I want you to share your journey of finding your love of cooking with your mom. who is a busy mumsy and of course and um and she's passed obviously the torch to you but i'll um, go back to that relationship and finding that love and what has inspired you to where you are today with your cooking journey absolutely so you know one thing that i realize is like it, it, like these days uh i mean I, i sound like an old person when i say that but anyway you know these days when you know we have our kids and they have they, like so many i am ancient i am ancient this okay exactly you know you know you i i i feel like i sound like people who when we were kids and people were saying you know in our times I, like i don't want to do that but it is true when we were growing up especially in india there was not many you know we have activities for our kids and this and that and blah 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 and you know we're always thinking about all the things you could do and back in the days when i was growing up in small town india uh, you know one of the things you know you did like you know your mom didn't like keep 
you know, making up stuff to entertain you. What I was just doing is like following her and, you know, just making my own fun. And one of the ways fun was, was watching her in the kitchen because uh, she was a musician and a professor, but she was also a brilliant cook. And we never had a cook in our house ever because, you know, and we lived in small town India. So it was not like we were going to restaurants a lot. Like, you know, when I was growing up, going to restaurants was like a weekend thing to do, right? You go to a restaurant. I mean, I grew up in small town, West Virginia, um, in the States, and the treat was McDonald's. Like that was, yeah, because my mom cooked. It was breakfast, lunch, exactly. and dinner. Yeah. Exactly. So that's exactly what was happening in my house. And uh, one of the ways she would bribe me to uh, study or like do my homework was she was like, you know, because she would leave me in my room to do my homework and then she would go to the kitchen to cook and I would invariably, she would come back and find me doing something else. She was like, you know what? Never mind. You just come to the kitchen and sit here and do your homework. And then that was great for me. And she would bribe me by like, you know, if you finish this uh, assignment, you get to make some dough with me. And then if you finish that one, you get to roll some chapatis. And if you finish that, blah, 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 so on and so forth. So I got exposed to the world of cooking uh, pretty early on because of that. So I was like always observing her. And the other thing was when I was getting punished, she used to, back in the days when gentle parenting wasn't a thing, uh, she was punishing me and putting me in the balcony uh, because to be, fa to be fair to her, I was not the easiest child. She would put me in the balcony and she'd be like, yeah, there you go, just spend time in the balcony. Little did she know, I was actually having a time of my life because from my balcony, I could see all these street food vendors, right? And they were just making these rolls and, you know, all sorts of cool stuff. And, and there was this particular guy who had this big pot belly. He would not wear a T-shirt. He would wear this lungi kind of thing. And he was sweaty and he was just making these parathas. He was just flipping them in the air. And, you know, as a child, that was fascinating. I was just watching oh, yeah. him day in. You know, I was, I was happy to be Fascinating now. And I'm, I, I'm actually very hungry. So thank you. Yeah, there you go. So I would actually converse with him from the balcony because we were on the second floor and he could pretty much hear me screaming, like, what are you doing? And blah, blah, blah. And so that's really how uh, my mom and I like bonded kind of over cooking, if you may like, right? Like making cakes, making whatever, right? Like juices and stuff like that. So that's how I guess our cooking, my cooking journey, if you may like, started, which is in the kitchen while doing my homework with my mom. Oh my gosh. Now... As the years progressed, because I know that you're very educated and you, you didn't go to school for, for cooking. Like you, no. you, you, was it economics? Like you were economics. kind of going yeah, yeah, I did a master's in economics. And, okay, so I had Asma Khan on um, a few months ago. Um, and again, an incredible chef. And, she, but she, again, not, no sort of like, oh, she didn't go to culinary school or anything like that. She was inspired by her mother. And you too started supper clubs. Yes, yes. So I, uh, yeah, I, read, I, I literally, I was just like, oh my gosh, you're just like asthma cons, kindred spirit. And I love this so much. And um, it, it was like immediate, like, oh, it just made me feel so at home. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, you know, when I, I moved to London when I was about 19, 20, 20, 20 to do my master's. And I, until then, actually, funnily enough, I cooked with my mother when I was a kid. And then uh, suddenly you get away from the cooking phase. You know, I would do it every now and again when you're in your teenage years. Priorities change, boyfriends happen, parties happen, and cooking was kind of out of the window because food was always ready at home, right? You come home, you don't have to worry about it. 
And I moved out of home when I was like about 16 to do my undergrad um, in Mumbai. And even in Mumbai, it was still India, right? In an Indian context, I mean, food was the least like important thing for me. So every now and again, I would miss my home food and I would go to my aunt's house, but I was just like eating out like a normal, you know, college student or whatever. And so I didn't cook. Uh, and then I moved to London and I, I, I was like, okay, like now what? Because, you know, I don't have that much money. And I didn't, uh, you know, want, I, I mean, I was initially happy to have the KFCs and stuff every day, but then I was like, soon, like, mm, I don't really enjoy this and I want Indian food. And then you start having those, you know, curry houses that you call in uh, England or rather used to now London's come a long way. Uh, I was going there and I was like, this is disgusting. This is not Indian food. This is full of color. This is full of cream. This is full of sugar. I mean, this is not even like, forget, I, it was not even health. I was like, this just doesn't taste right. So I was this like, okay. Dollop, I need a dollop of like fat on a plate. I, I, exactly. I, I instantly think of like my first time ever going to the UK to London specific back in like uh, 2006 when my brother was stationed um, outside of London at the US Air Force Base. And we had traveled in and the food was atrocious. It was awful. And it was exactly. just like brown tan and just crap on a plate. Cut to when I moved there in 2016 and I had gone and visited and, and all that yeah. with my husband. Um, the food, like the palates have changed and the the diversity and the ability to get really high end, but then also it doesn't have to be super pricey, but Absolutely. damn good food. Casual dining, that's the space, right? Which is just blown. Uh, so yeah, when I was, so, that's how I was like, right, I need to cook myself, cook and feed myself. A, to like the food and B, to, you know, save money because I wanted to go out party and drink and, you know, have fun. And like, I wanted to keep the disposable income for that. And I didn't have a lot of it. So that's when I really started cooking. And it all started in my university halls where we were like sharing with like six people. And I was the only one who was cooking. So everyone soon realized, okay, we can ship in for groceries. So I was saving all my grocery money because everybody else was doing the grocery and cleaning and I was just doing the cooking. And so I was like, that worked really well for me, right? Like, you know, you save money and I was cooking. And then I started a blog, which is such a nerdy, geeky thing to do. This is 2010. Right. I started a blog. I was like, right, I want to do a blog and like record some of the stuff on my really horrible MacBook camera at that time. And that's how I recorded my blogs. I would just keep the camera and I was just cooking stuff. I hope you don't find those videos ever. Um, and <laughs> and uh, that's how I kind of started getting recognized in whatever little bit. And I got calls from a few channels and stuff. And then I was like, OK, I want to do a real supper club. But then, you know, when you're young and uh, then I graduated from university for my master's, I was working for a think tank. I was working in a proper corporate job. And, you know, you're still 22, 23. You don't have a lavish apartment or a house to host supper clubs. So I couldn't really do it at my house because I, I didn't have the space. I was sharing, um, you know, I, ha I had a room, you know, you know, spare room. So we were like sharing an apartment like with two or three people. So and it was shitty apartment, like honestly, like they were not nice, glamorous apartments where you can call people. So then I convinced this guy in Camden who had a bar to give me his space. I said, look, I've got all these followers and you know, you've got a kitchen and you're not really you know, do, very busy on like a random Sunday afternoon. Why don't you come let me cook for you? You don't have to pay me anything. You keep all the money, just get me the stuff. You make the money, I'll just cook. I just wanna explore and see if people want to come pay money to eat the food that I'm making. And I wanted to make specifically food from Calcutta, which was, that's it. So I was like, sure, let, 
and there are some kids screaming outside. And I was That's like, right. as you do. So I was, I started cooking and uh, so that was my first pop-up and I did like a bit of, you know, publicity around it and stuff like that. And suddenly there was a queue and people really uh, like, you know, and then there were articles about me. Connected with your food. Yeah, completely out of the blue. And, you know, I, I was in a bit of a shock because before that, only my friends had tried my food, right? Or I myself. Actually, even my mom hadn't tried my food at that point because, you know, when I went home, I didn't cook for her. I was like, yeah, whatever, you're cooking for me. And, well, mama's uh, cooking. I mean, I'm sorry. If I, if, I, if I was a cook and I would go home, I'd be like, oh, I want my mama's cooking. Exactly. And that's really how it started. And then, of course, I did like multiple pop-ups uh, and I raised investment. The economics degree finally worked. So I did my business plan and raised private equity investment and started my restaurants. Wow. Uh, but wow. of course, now I'm working in TV. So I'm a complete lunatic, as you can see. I started with economics, moved to uh, restaurants, and then now I'm in TV. But still in food, though. So it's always been food. It's always been food. Where was the aha in there of like, oh, I, I think I want to pass the torch to a little one to teach them my ways of cooking and all of that. When, when did the mommy spark happen for you? Oh, you mean for me to teach my child? No, well, no, to be like, oh, I think I want to add a child into the mix. Because isn't that oh, quite... So see, I was always one of those girls who loved to play with babies, right? I was a very tomboyish girl, but I somehow loved kids. And I had a little baby brother who was like seven years younger than me. So, uh, and I knew for certain, for example, all my life that I want to have a kid. Uh, I was totally okay not getting married, which is what I've not done. Like, I'm not married. I was totally okay not having a man in my life. I always said, you know, I don't mind adopting a kid or whatever. So the mommy's part was, I guess, always there. But uh, I think uh, I was also, like, cautious of, like, I, I wanted to be a mom who can provide financially, uh, independently financially, without a man or with a man. So it, it had to be respected. I wanted to be in a stage of my life where I was, like, comfortable uh, to do that and felt mature enough uh, and to take that responsibility. So I guess it was after my restaurants, I uh, started writing my show. Uh, so I did, uh, did uh, you know, did some consulting in between my restaurant and my show and I was doing all of that. And I was like, okay, I'm financially comfortable enough and I'm ready to write my show. And I realized, okay, that's another reason I decided to get into TV as well because I felt when you have a restaurant, you have zero time. In the sense, I was working 7 a.m. till midnight every day of the week. I, forget I wasn't baby. too far away from you. I mean, Define yeah. was not too far away from you. And trust me, I lived there morning to night. As soon as we exactly. opened, that was it. Absolutely. And in a restaurant, it's not a space where you can have your kid in the kitchen. Like, you know, it's quite an unsafe yeah. space, really. And I don't think I could have done uh, a baby uh, with my restaurants. So one of the things I was like, right, uh, it was a very planned pregnancy. So we were both like, right, we're ready for it. We discussed it at length for two years. Uh, about, you know, do we want to have a baby? Do we know, when do we want to have a baby? What school? Uh, all sorts of things. What languages? I mean, we were like crazy planned and I don't know why, but we were like, right, um, now is the time and we kind of decided to start and it wasn't, you know, I mean, it was not as hard as many women go through, but it was, you know, it took us a good six months to try because a lot of stress and everything was involved. And in the middle, I had a huge health crisis, which is why I closed my restaurant. So I was detected with uh, cancer, stage zero. What, one of the reasons I decided to uh, move on from my restaurants and one of the reasons that was was stress uh, and very few people are aware of it that that kind of stress can lead to that you know uh, which is what my doctor my therapist so I had this real uh, 
you know, time after my restaurants to take that pause. Like, okay, I've got this big thing at 27 when you get detected with something like that. You're, you know, you feel you're invincible. And then you're like, oh my God. And that's when, you know, a lot of things started happening. I was like, right. And it was, you know, I, I really think it was a good thing for me because I was leading a crazy, unhealthy, horrible life which is not something I recommend to anybody. I was working around the clock. I had no friends. I mean, I had friends who I had no time to see, so I was slowly drifting away from them. I didn't have any meaningful relationships. Uh, I wasn't even connected to myself. I started therapy at that point. I started taking life a bit more seriously, and I started realizing, okay, what is it that gives you true happiness? I guess that's around the time when I was like, you know what, Like once I healed myself physically and mentally, and I was like, right, I'm, I, this, I always wanted to work in TV and this is what I want to do. I'm going to really follow my dreams because before that I was too scared to even say I want to work in TV because when you come from an academic background, you feel that's a vain profession and you can't say it out loud, right? And that's what it was in my head. I was like, you know, no, 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 I can't say it. I, I, I'm supposed to be a smart girl, you know? I'm supposed to do all these businesses and stuff like that. But you know what? I liked, I, I loved television. I always wanted to do that. So I was like, you know what? This is what I want to do. Let me write my show. Let me decide to get pregnant. And all of that kind of happened at the same time. It's inter but entertainment is in your blood. Entertainment is in your blood because you entertain. You love to cook. You love to be in front of people to explain what is on the plate and what they're about to experience. Exactly. So that's... And that's your mom was too. Your mom was a giver. Your mom created beautiful plates to give and to entertain others. Absolutely. There's... There's just something so beautiful about wanting to fill someone's tummy because it's part of their soul, right? Like they're, you know, it's, it's a part of their being. Absolutely. And you know, and especially for like insecure uh, girls like me. So I, I, I'm an insecure person. Like I was bullied all my ch childhood for my skin color and all sorts of things in India. So one thing I always wanted was to be acknowledged, to, to be pressed, to feel uh, that, you know, I, I mean something, I'm important. And one way I realized was like, feeding people when they love your food. They're like, oh my God. And suddenly you're like, oh, I feel validated, right? So, you know, it starts with that validation, but then slowly it becomes something else because I started enjoying it for completely different reasons. I loved experimenting. I love. I got into the idea of food waste and seeing, you know, using old, old techniques of how generations before us were not wasting food and how we're wasting so much. And how do you, you know, bring that into your cooking so, you know, I think food for me has changed, evolved, right? Initially, it was about feeding, then validation. Then it became about breaking stereotypes about Indian food. Then it became about, oh, let me get deeper into it. Let me get deeper into food waste. And, you know, I come from a country where so many kids don't get to eat. And, you know, right. how do we reduce food waste? And, and especially in England, I got involved with the Food Foundation, which is a brilliant charity. They work with um, kids from underprivileged backgrounds, and they're working on free school meals and all of that good stuff, right? And I got involved with them and I started then working with the UN a little bit and it really hits you that, you know, all this fancy stuff that you see in restaurants, the smears and the dots are great. But if you're really a good chef, all you need, should be doing right now is trying to teach people how to make simple stuff because I think we've forgotten basic art of cooking, which is what's leading to childhood diabetes and all sorts of things because we're just buying packaged food, wasting food and while the so many people in the world are not getting food right so if we can teach people how to make you know so like in the uk right there are huge amount of poverty which we don't we're not even aware of and i, I was at a, uh, this un thing and this woman told me how can i feed my child vegetables when a piece of broccoli costs one pound whereas a pack of chicken nuggets costs one one pound and i have a family of 10 to feed 
So it makes sense, right? How is she going to afford? We can talk about vegetables. We can talk about all this fancy stuff, but she can't afford it. So then how about we replace that with lentils? Oh, KG of lentils cost you one pound, but then you can, you know, you can feed your family for a week with that lentil. If you just add a bit of veggies to it, you don't have to add expensive veggies, use frozen peas. So I think that's where my food journey is at now, which is away from let's try to be all cool about food and let's look at the real shit, you know? So I think yeah, it's kind of But you, you also have now a new, a new role as a mom and you want to be able to build those building blocks for your daughter to see, right? And how old is she? She's two and a half. She's two and a half. She's two and a, she's two and a half. That's why, that's why I thought. I thought she was like kind of close to Adia, but I knew Adia was older because um, Adia is um, over that. She's she's into her threes. <laughs> she is yeah. into the threes. Um, but no, it's, it's, laying, it's laying those now building blocks for your daughter now to see. I mean, I get it. Like the fancy stuff is really cool and, and awesome and impressive for a minute, but the real groundwork is how you're going to be, going to be able to teach others the longevity with food and then also for your daughter. Absolutely. I mean, it's so important because she, I started cooking with her. I have photos of me uh, cooking with her when she was like 10 days old. So I had her in my arms and we were cooking together. And it was, it, it, so I don't think she remembers that. But uh, one thing that I did was when she was a baby, right? Uh, she used to get really entertained if uh, she saw things move. And you know, kids sometimes want to just keep in your arms all the time. So I would put her in this little chair and, uh, and which would rock itself, that baby bone or whatever that thing that would rock yeah. itself, get, got excited. And I would put her in our kitchen and we would cook and I would give her like onions or potatoes and, you know, different kind of things. And I would just do entertainment, basically. I would do, put on a mini show for her while I'm cooking. That gave me time, A, to not constantly carry her and B, get my chores done. You know, because it was also COVID times and I had to do everything with a baby. So, so she's been seeing kitchen cooking since I think she was born, right? Like, you know, like since day, whatever, 10, if you may like. And now she just, she loves it. She has, she stands up on her little, you know, a little helper thing. And she, she, she helps me, like really helps me now. Like, because she's really good at peeling stuff, cutting, chopping, all of that. Like, not She's your little sous chef. She is. And, you know, it's great because it entertains her. And it, and that way, you know how it is, right? With two and a half year olds, they are constantly looking for it because they're bored, right? And the only child, there is nobody else playing with her. So what do you do? you got to just, you know, yeah, you use gotta, them. you got to go, 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 go. What, what have you learned about yourself in the two and a half years of being a mama bear and, you know, shifting with business and countries again back to india but then you'll be back to london like how has that all been for you and what have you learned about yourself as a new mom so i guess multiple things one is uh you know there are it's not rosy right i i, I really want to put out that because you know the social media looks or whatever it looks like it is not what it is right you know there are so many challenges you're constantly facing right every day like when they're babies you have to keep them alive and that's a constant fear you know breastfeeding and all of that is like you know people talk about it a lot but I think my for myself I feel I've inherently been a very impatient person and she has really taught me patience that's one big thing yes I mean I actually I 
can be patient now. As in, like, you know, you want me to uh, wait for something to happen for a month, I'm, I'm much better at it. And I, I, I genuinely mean it. Because, you know, in an industry like television, where you're pitching constantly, and you have to wait for people to respond to you, or, you know, approve a show, or whatever, it takes a long time. I don't think I could have done this, man. Like, five, before I, I was a mom, because I was like, oh, what the hell is going on? Now I'm like, calm down. Yeah. This is how long it takes. And that's what she's taught me. But also, I think the other thing I discovered is how much I enjoy being a mom. I actually, by the time it's 7 p.m., even no matter how, what exciting work I'm doing, I have this pine in my stomach. Like, from six, I'm just switched off. Like, at whatever I'm doing, I'm like, it's not like I have to go home. It's more like, I want to, I haven't seen my child for that many hours. I just miss her, terribly miss her. And, you know, this kind of love, which is so inexplicable, right? It's not a love you feel for your partner. It's not a love you feel for your parents, not your friends. It's this love, which love also, but like this bond. And she's too cool. I'm like, oh, you're, you're very cool. You know, like, I, I wish I was like you. She's like, somebody told her the other day, hey, beautiful. She looked and said, I'm not beautiful. I'm canny. Now, it's not like a bye Felicia moment, but it's more like it's a literal moment, right? She's like, my name is not beautiful. My name is Cami. But, you know, as an adult, I'm like, wow, man. Like, I want to be able to say that. Like, or like she tell people, fearless. don't look at pictures. Yeah. Absolutely like, fearless. And just the confidence, right? There's so much to learn from that sassy confidence. Of course, it's annoying sometimes because you get that sass as well. Uh, but... Uh, then you're like, oh, but then you have to, but again, like looking at the long, bigger picture, right? You, you know, sometimes you feel like she's being so sassy with me right now. How dare she? And then you're like, hang on a second. This is actually good because long term, you know, she's, she's basically her own person. She has her own mind. And that's something that I should encourage and not, you know, try to curb down. It's hard in the moment, but then, so that's what I'm saying, patience. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned. Patience and just like really reeling it all in and be like, okay, take a breath. It's going to be fine. Take a breath for one minute because it's go, 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 go. What yeah. is in the pipeline for you and perhaps cooking, not just for you, but also with your daughter? Is there anything that you maybe perhaps you might be cooking up that you can be having her involved in or right now just a sushi? <laughs> I mean, right now, just a sounds like she's got a little spark for the TV, Shrem. I know, I know. I mean, oh, trust me. Like, I keep getting people asking, asking. So, one thing I don't uh, want to do just yet is so uh, because she's very opinionated and stuff like that. She she actually loves watching. So she she watched my entire show, or like she came for all the edits because that was the only time. Because I I was feeling so guilty, the mom guilt, man. So because I was filming for about three weeks, I had I could spend very little time with her besides the makeup stuff. When I was doing my hair and makeup, she, and now she's obsessed about makeup. I mean, God. But every time, I, because that's the only time I got with her. So during the edit phase, I was like, you know what, why do you come with me? But she wasn't going to school yet. So she would be sit in the edit suite and just watch, like, you know, the boring edit endlessly for a kid, right? So she's seen all of that and she loves watching uh, when I, my videos on Instagram or whatever. She loves those. But I think for me, it's like, I think I, before I get her on like a, TV or something like that. I it should be it should come from her. So I feel like yeah. when she's maybe five or six or whatever, whatever that age is, right? And she says, you know, mom, I want to do this. I'd be like, come on, let's do it. But I I think right now, maybe uh, and her dad is completely anti-social media. So uh, or anything that has got to do with uh, 
you know, uh, he, he comes from a completely different background like your husband and he just doesn't get it. He's like, I don't understand this. And so I think maybe not just yet, but right now I'm focusing on like um, multiple shows that I'm pitching currently, but there's one that's kind of more in the advanced stages. Uh, and it's about um, the indigenous booze, so forbidden drinks around the world that's been made by women. Uh, so I love I that. So I've traveled. You should, like, be, you should be coming to Uganda and do a whole thing on Warije because that is like a forbidden maiden. I mean, like the way they make it in the villages is quite astounding. It's in the bucket. So I actually have an episode on plum wine in Nigeria, but Uganda, I'm going to. Yeah, so there's some, something called plum wine in Nigeria. Of course, uh, the Indian one is called Mahua, uh, which is, yeah. I went to like, this deep end of Chhattisgarh to do it. And it's landed up in Paris now. So it's a really cool story. And I think all of that is not even that important for me. The most important thing is the women who are making it. And, you know, we think as city girls, we're doing it all. You should see these women. Like oh, no. they have a baby in tow, baby behind them, making all this drink, going to the market, selling it managing the money, managing the house, managing everything. Those kids are jumping in the pond, swimming, coming out, saying, mama, I'm done. And they're two year old, same age as my daughter who can't swim yet. Uh, and it's just a complete, crazy, insane world, which is, and they're just so hardworking and it really opens your eyes. So I just want to meet so many more of these women because I think my first show was more urban. Um, I mean, I like, I love it, right? Of course, I wanted to do that. But this one is giving me a real, putting me in a, out of my comfort zone, but getting me to see things for really what they are. Wow. Like, you know, we're, we're not and doing that much. Of course. And when is this launching? So this is currently in LA, in your part of town, or doing the rounds of the studios. So we'll see what happens. So, okay. uh, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So pass the torch to that expecting busy mumsy, that little piece of advice that has really helped you throughout your two and a half years as being a mama. What could you share? I think my only advi advice that worked for me was don't listen to anybody. Don't <laughs> listen to advices. Yeah, because you know what works for you doesn't always work for other people, right. right? And you need to find your own rhythm as a mom, right? Like, So I'll get comments from people like, oh, you don't look like a mom. I know they're meaning it as a compliment, yeah. but, you know, those kind of stuff, like people have these perceptions and boxing moms, like, what is a mom supposed to look like, be like, talk like? You know, people like somebody came to my child's birthday party and I was super excited. It was Peppa Pig theme and I'm into Peppa Pig too. So I was wearing a bright pink sequin jacket like she was. And somebody, one of the moms uh, said loudly enough that, oh my God, can't tell his birthday it is. It's the moms or the daughters. Uh, why is she so overexcited? And that's what I'm point. My point is that like, don't box moms and just do your thing. Like, you know, everybody whatever comes naturally is what you know what's best and sometimes you're always doubting yourself as a mom right like what am i doing wrong you know your kid your kid snatches somebody's toy and you're like oh my god it's all you know you put it on yourself right and then you see sometimes they're like oh you know that that's that's sometimes you see something really nice and you forget to compliment yourself like that's me too right and my therapist keeps reminding me to do that because, you know, uh, so that I don't keep beating myself up. And that's a great advice that every time I see something that she's doing nice, I should have been like, ah, that's me too. You know, she, 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 you know we, we, we did that. That's, that's nice. So I think that's my best advice, which is like, just do your thing and listen to your instincts and yeah, go with Absolutely. it. 
Absolutely, Shrim. I love that. And I love what you're doing and keep doing it. And I will keep applauding you from Uganda. Thank you so, so much. Likewise. Yes. I need to get you on my show now because you know yeah. what I'm like, I want to ask the questions because I, I, this time you got to ask me the questions. I've got so many questions to ask. But no, thank you so much for having me on the show. Bring it on. I would love to be on your show. And thank you so much for coming on the Busy Mumsy podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great morning. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Did you like it, Adia? Yes. Oh, the enthusiasm. I love it. Please share your love by giving us a five-star rating, a rockin' review, and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye-bye, Adia? Bye-bye, Adia. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.